Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Tonight's episode of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, number 207, is brought to you by Dummy the Web Series, a new web series on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com and search Dummy the Web Series, and you can subscribe to the channel and get all the newest episodes as soon as they come out. Episode 3 is coming. Episode 1 and 2 have been out for a while. They're fantastic. And writer, director, star, everything man, Joe Dallow, is very close to finishing episode 3. So go check it out. Super proud of Joe. It's a very funny series. It's about a ventriloquist act, sort of, kind of, and a dummy that comes to life. Got to go check it out. So go to YouTube.com, search Dummy the Web Series, and subscribe. All right, time for Ready to Unload with Callan Sam Pete, number 207, talking New York sports nice. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Hold the phone. Hey, brother. This is serious. Serious. We could make you delirious. Delirious. Just a bit outside. Just got to stop, man. We keep having the same conversation. New York Sports Talk podcast, coming to you live from Comac, New York, Bayside, New York, and Freehold, New Jersey. Yes, it's time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, another opening, another show in Philly, Boston, and Buffalo. If I could start it out without a musical theater reference, that'd probably be great. Hi, we are going to talk about New York sports, I promise. Welcome to the podcast. I am uh, one of your hosts, Steve Sam Pete. San Pietro. It is Wednesday night, December the 10th, 2014. It is time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. We're going to talk New York sports and stuff nice. No big deal. Like I have a cup of coffee, maybe you have a beer, uh, uh, whatever it is that you drink at night. I have to have a drink at night. Cal is having a vitamin water, apparently. There's so much sugar in that, Brian. Goodness. Goodness. Why not just have a, you know, a fun dip? While you're there, uh, welcome to the program. Uh, we're going to talk about the Mets tonight. Uh, just sitting there, just winter meetings, just sitting there, having a great time, having a fine old time in San Diego. 
they're uh, they're tweeting out pictures from their hotel room about how great it looks there. Jay Harwood's tweeting out a picture. Can we move our offices here? Yeah, sure. You're not doing any work there. You're not doing any work in New York. Sure, move it there. Uh, we'll talk about the Jets wreck, as I like to call it. 2014, and the Giants. Now it got interesting because they won last week. Um, and the idea of rooting against your team. And, of course, Geno Smith has decided he's a Pro Bowl quarterback at times. He had a couple of quotes this week, Geno Smith. I don't think he realizes what he's saying. So we'll talk about that. Um, and ways to fix the Jets. I don't want to be negative about it. And then we have to talk about... I don't want to be negative about it, except Fire Itzik. I And then we have to talk about the Islanders on their first slide of the season. And Cal and I are at opposite ends of the spectrum here. I'm maintaining calm and zen, like calmness. Speaking of zen, the mix are 4-19. <laughs> um, and Cal is, uh, is uh, thinking the worst. So we're going to talk about that uh, tonight. So anyway, that's all coming up in the program. And of course, the program, what am I doing? Let's welcome in Cal before I make a bigger ass of myself. Hi, Cal. Cal. <laughs> Hi, Steve. How are you? Mr. Brian, Calmiva, Calvino, Caliente, Ibri. How are we doing? How's it going? How are you, buddy? I'm great. What's going on? Really good. Really good tonight. Five years, kid. Five years. Five years. Well, uh, we started doing a show about five years ago, and uh, we just got together and uh, figured let's give it a go and muck about and uh, talk about sports, and, uh, you know, here we are. That was before, you know, PJ developed his uh, donut habit, and, uh, you know, Cal, this is like a we got to do behind the music. Right. And we all have to be British. Sorry, these are the rules that I've just made up. They said it would last. <laughs> yeah, there was something about uh, Sam Pete wanting his name first in the title. But he took over, didn't he? <laughs> What's up, buddy? Five years ago. Five years ago. We started uh, doing this... Doing this. Uh, it was supposed to be like a radio show, like an internet radio show. Right. It's still... Any, anybody that asks about it still refers to it <laughs> they really do. as a radio show. If they haven't been turned off by our constant yammering about it for five years. Right. Anybody that's left that still cares, <laughs> hey, how's, how's the internet thing that you're, the internet radio show that you do? You still doing that little internet radio show? How's that going? What, ready to upload? What, what, how's that going? It sounds like my mom, anytime she, and, and I'm not the first person to say this and I won't be the last, but it, it sounds like my mom you know, when I was like in a sketch troupe or something like that, or doing something that wasn't legitimate theater and or, obviously I haven't done very much television, but as an actor, oh, how's your little play going there? How's your little thing going there? There's always a little thing. Yeah, it's uh, always little. I'm in the original cast of an off-Broadway show, Mom. That's nice. Are you on Broadway, though? You're not really on Broadway, right? Like, I can't see the show on Broadway. No, no, you can't. I can't listen to your show on the radio, right? I have to listen on the computer. On the computer, right. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Thanks. You know what? Five years ago, it was a lot harder to listen to our show. It, it It's a lot easier now. It's absolutely insane where... I was thinking a lot about this today, and I want to bring 
the Bishop of Pop Culture PJ in on this as well. Are we going just I before you go any further, sure. I just need you or to farther. set the tone for me. Farther. Further. Further. Farther. Is uh, are we going nostalgia tonight? Or are we doing uh interspersed nostalgia? Or are we just going to kind of get it out of the way at the top and then just move forward like it's a regular show? To, uh, lay, lay the groundwork for me, please. Lay Unpack the, it. Un- <laughs> if you will. I, I'm not... I don't know. I think it would be interspersed. That would be my guess. Okay. I feel like interspersion is the way to go. I'm just trying to find the appropriate level of wistfulness. I'm fat. <laughs> I'm struggling with that. It's tough. It's tough. You got to set the you got to set the bar. Okay, let's try it again. Yeah. I uh, uh of course, what what show would be complete without internet problems? What show? Of uh, which wouldn't wouldn't be 5 years. Wouldn't Without internet problems. PJ, can you hear us now? No. His non-reaction indicates that he can't. If he can't hear us, nobody can hear us. That's correct. So start cursing. And that doesn't make any sense. Hmm. Yep, there we go. We should be uh, coming back. There you are, Peach. It would How about not, now? It would not be... It would not be a, an anniversary show if we didn't have some sort of technical problem. He's still not reacting to us, so I'm not 100% sure if we're on. He's back on the line. Okay, there, there's the reaction. Yeah. Hi, buddy. Hi, Peach. Bring him in while we're at it. It would not be a five-year anniversary show. This is, that was perfectly timed. Like, that's how we came in. Like, that night, we could not get the show to work. Could not yeah. get it to work. This is, by the way, the montage of five years of PJ entering the show. In all just On a snowboard. On, on a, a bulldozer. On Tommy Lee's drum kit. Like, just being moved in. A slip and slide. <laughs> Tarzan swing. My it wouldn't all. be a My show without favorite. technical difficulties. No, and it's it's... We were just discussing how wistfully nostalgic we should be for... I'm not wistfully nostalgic for that. Right. Remember when all that stuff broke? Remember when all that uh, stuff wouldn't work? It always used to. It always used to break. And, of course, I I mentioned our buddy, uh, Goodwill Billy Gefkin. (laughs) Goodwill Hunting, uh, who has designed the website for the show, was the first guy to, like, try to get us online. Hours spent that first night trying to figure out how to get the ports and break down firewalls and... I don't even remember what service we were using, but five years ago... CompuServe. <laughs> it, was, it was not CompuServe. No? Five years ago, um, we Fox. started doing this. And and look where podcast prodigy. Look where podcasts have come. It's crazy. Everybody's doing a podcast these days. Everybody has a podcast. We've had one for five years. But again, we started it as an internet radio show. That's right. And the idea was to be like WFAN, like do a WFAN-esque show. Right. And no, man, 
Now people, you could people still call in to means. your internet thing? Right, that's right. People will ask me, like, well, do people still call in to your internet radio show? No, they never did. That's A. And B, we wouldn't want them to if if they if they wanted to. Oh, here, here's the other thing. I don't know if you get this a lot. Oh, when 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 is that on? Yeah, we're on, we're on Thursday nights at ten. Oh yeah, I gotta I gotta check that out. Well, you don't have to on Thursday night at ten anymore. You can check it out whenever you want. It's a podcast now. It's in iTunes. It's really it's on your schedule. And it's it's been in iTunes for about four of those years. We're not looking to put anybody out. We're not we're not looking for a commitment from anybody that Thursday at ten you're in front of a computer. Are you Although kidding? Tonight, I love trapping people in that conversation. Because they say when someone who's really not gonna listen says, Hey, when's your show on? And I say, it's on Thursday night at 10. And they say, oh, i got to try to check that out. That's their mm-hmm. out. Because the next day they can go, oh, I didn't get a chance. But then you come back with, well, it's on iTunes after that. You can get it any time you want. Then their eyes glaze over. They're like, oh. Then they're like, well, oh, well, I, I got I'm a thing. not really interested in listening to you talk, PJ. Uh, <laughs> wow. You, go. You, have some, you, have some, <laughs> you have some blunt friends. <laughs> their no, their faces say that. Their faces. Oh, I see. They're not actually not, saying that. They're holding they're a not sign actually that sees that. So in other right. words, it's like a like a cartoon bubble appears b- above their head, but it's right. in but it's in italics. So it's what they're thinking. And comic sense. Really thought. wish, really wish I could listen to your show, but I'm not even close to interested. Oh, very well then. They also comment on your clothes. Like you just have very blunt friends. They're like, also yeah, well, that shirt just... you're that shirt you're wearing is a disaster, and you're right. a jerk. And I'm not gonna listen <laughs> to your show. And you should get different rims on those glasses. Been meaning to tell you. Yeah. Because those make you look like a librarian in 1965, a female one. <laughs> um, People are very is, quick is, to point out what's wrong with me. Is library is, is librarian female only? Cal, you no. were, you worked in a library. I did, and I'm not female. Is but is were you a librarian? Uh, no. <laughs> is librarian unisex? Yes. When I say the word librarian, do you think of a male or a female? I think of a male. You're full of crap. Because I have a friend who's a librarian. We have a friend. Well, no. We have a friend. You have a very close friend. I have a friend. You're familiar with his work. I am an acquaintance. But yes. we, I don't mean to go all top gun on you here, but we. Well, let's, let's, not, uh, let's not be sharing things now all of a sudden after five years, okay? Your show? <laughs> nah. I'm going to change the words from Elton John's Your Song. <laughs> to your show, your show. You can tell everybody that this is your show. <laughs> it's just this little sports podcast, but now they all know. I My hope. name may be first, but you are the person in charge of this show. I wonder what I'll do while you do your show. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, can I get all morning radio on you right now? Please, please. Hey, speaking of Elton John, did you see Elton John fall off the chair at the tennis tournament? Oh, 
No way. I think it sounds a, it sounds a little like. Wait, oh you're, you're no! Chowabunga! Now PJ needs to do 17 sound effects and a crazy laugh. <laughs> and a cowbell. Was that the World Tennis Tournament? Yeah, did you see it? Of course you did. I worked it. Ooh. Did you, did you not see the picture I did? Were you a ball Did you boy? not see the picture I posted of Elton John sitting next to Billie Jean King, and they look like yeah, brother he, and sister? I thought you photoshopped that. That did look photoshopped. That was a real thing. You worked it. What were you concessions? Post production. I know that, but when you say it that way, the listening audience doesn't know what you do. He set the chairs up. They still <laughs> right. don't know what I do. He's no one knows what I do. He's a complete ball boy. Everybody knows it. Easy. <laughs> um, yes, it was they very did attractive, like that Martina system. Hingis. Oh, my. We got our... Uh... <laughs> Wait, what now? Go back. <laughs> Just going to lob that out there? Oh, oh hey, look Mar- what you did. Martina Hingis. Right, that's, that's a grand slam of a joke. Thank you. I'll, I'll return that, sir. <laughs> oh, my God. Advantage cow. <laughs> the um, uh, what is she's hot now? I think I think she's a very nice looking uh, woman. I have we have a we have a very good friend who started out on this show with us. He's doing radio elsewhere now, but uh, he started out on this show with us. Uh, Doctor Iray Stat, who is always a very big fan. Very I, is, big he, fan. is he available for us or no? He is unavailable. He's not I believe. Available. No, he had to leave okay. the show, citing citing artistic differences. I thought they were irreconcilable. When behind Dr. the music returns, Dr. is unavailable. When behind the music, RT returns. Things are horribly wrong. Dr. Iray Stat demands more control and doesn't get it. All I wanted was a Keurig in the studio. <laughs> all I all I wanted is Sam Beat to pronounce it correctly. <laughs> That's Cal. That's Cal's problem. Can anybody on this program pronounce that correctly? Anyone. I will give $800 to anyone who will pronounce that correctly. Um, Peach, how are you? You're a little under the weather? I am. I am. Well, why'd you do that? Often. I don't no. know. Oh, well. You're strong like people, both. People at the World Tennis uh, Tournament there don't wash their hands, apparently. No. It's not a tidy group. That's quite an indictment. <laughs> they are not a tidy group. You can't throw that. And I would not sit on Elton John's chair after he did. <laughs> I love that. That's not right. We shouldn't do that to Elton John. By the way, real quick, Elton John or Billy Joel? For what? Tennis tennis <laughs> partner? I'll take Elton. <laughs> doubles, doubles, doubles match. <laughs> you take it. I would I would probably take Elton John as well. In a tennis match? No. <laughs> well, I could take him in a tennis match, no doubt. I mean, I'm sure you could, you could take him, but yeah. no, as a partner? As or a partner. A... I just meant that that's the – this is maybe the fun load for later, but that's Elton the – uh, Elton John or Billy Joel. Like, there's there's lines in the sand. There are certain artists where you're like, you got to pick one or the other. Now, why? You can like No one's both, ever challenged you've me gotta, to do that. But you got a favorite? Well, maybe it's starting now. 
But you got to favor one over the other. Like, Bill, it's Billy Joel, no-brainer for me. It's not even close. Is there a gun to my head? No. Oh, do you, good. Do you want one? No, no. Why do we have to raise the stakes so high? Why They're do they do that in sports stuff. talk? Why is that so popular in sports talk? Gun to my head? No. Nobody, <laughs> no. Who would do that? I'm asking you who you should think who you think should be the starting quarterback this week. It's not that big a deal. Is, is there a gun to my head? When would there be a gun to your head in this scenario? How would that happen? Who is going to walk into the studio and be like, listen, you tell me who should be the next coach of the Jets right now. My life on the line? It's not. Oh. Wouldn't be. No one's life is on the line. No one. Great. Literally. Billy Joel. I would say Billy Joel. Thank you. Joel. PJ's going to say. Somebody holding my kids? That's the problem? <laughs> I got to choose? Just like your money or your wife? <laughs> Somebody holding Nobody my uses kids. That anymore, huh? Nobody uses your money or your life. Let's, let's, that, let's have that be our sports thing. Your money, that's in a, in a, in a holdup. They would use that. Your money or your life. Right? Can we use that as our gun to the head? I think it's money, still... Money or your life. I think it's still as severe. <laughs> money or your life. Are you firing John Itzik? Money or your life. Are you actually asking? I can't tell when you when you actually are asking a question. So wait, if, do I get money if I fire John Itzik? <laughs> so confused. Just put a gun to my head. Let's just get it over with. No. So much... No. Not necessary. Knife at my throat. <laughs> so PJ's not feeling well. What's wrong? Somalian pirates at my doorstep. I'm going to go with John Itzik is fired. Okay, let's, let's, let's really, let's do it. I'm being held over a nuclear reactor. Let's <laughs> set to, uh, let's really raise the stakes if we're going to do it. PJ, what's wrong? You don't look well. No, it's no good. You didn't used to look like this. No. No, it might have been all the donuts. Oh, the donuts. Yeah. There's a, we have uh, our... Uh, go ahead. Thing going around. <laughs> you got a a thing? donut thing? A donut thing? Yeah. Well. Uh, it's the season, as they say. Yeah, it's the, it's the season for... Did you get your donut shot, or...? I got cronut immunization. So you can't have one now? <laughs> I can't. Is that, I can't tolerate that it I mean? for three days. But they actually give you a cronut. Well, that's how it works. So you don't get it anymore. To develop a resistance. You get a small that's amount of cronut in the bloodstream, and then it fights off the cronut later. Right. If the cronut is introduced. I would love to do this with, like, pizza. Like, just can you make me immune to pizza? Because I really like pizza. And if it involves me eating 37 slices of pizza first to build up the immunity, I guess I could do that. I guess there's nothing stopping me. So now what you're saying is you would then give up pizza for your life. Your pizza least, or your life. Or at least, for, <laughs> at least for a season. It's flu season. It's not flu life. Yeah, flu life, yo. <laughs> so when is exactly pizza season? All year. That's that's <laughs> unfortunately. Saying. Let's talk about sports so we can get to the fun load because PJ wants to go to bed early tonight. What you want to do? You want to do it the other way around? The fun load up top. Yep. We have people listening for sports. Believe it or not. Well, then let's do sports. 
And screw PJ. <laughs> As he drinks his herbal tea. His fourth cup of herbal tea. I love the camera angle you have set for right now, Peach. You, you, you're very. It's very Lynchian. Like you have the camera under your desk, shooting up at you. I stole this angle from Citizen Kane. It makes me look very powerful and jowly. It is intimidating. I'll give you that. I'm taking a picture. Thank of you. This is this this camera. Cal and I try to be like dead, you know, dead center, and have like a nice medium two shot so everybody can see each other. And PJ, PJ's in a Fellini movie where the camera's actually on a dolly and Lily's moving it around the room. <laughs> Why did he just go to camera two? <laughs> He's got like three cameras over there. Next week we're Rose. we're gonna have bullet time set up. Rosebud. I got four hundred GoPros around the room. Nice. <laughs> That's for when you came in on a hang glider. Right. When you made your entrance on a hang glider. That was, a I remember total that was, 360 that view of me. Right, RTU 182. 182. Right. He uh, was he was skydiving into the show. Let's do um with a Mountain Dew. Do you uh, do you ha- let's do some sports and then we'll but we'll get to the fun load early. I have very specific things to talk about. All right, sir. Who are you asking? I'm asking our producer. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I'll, I'll just drink some tea till I fall over. It's not a problem. When you Happy hear that, when you hear that loud thud, that will be my head hitting the keyboard. Don't be alarmed. Hi, welcome to the big unload, the main course, as it were. So, um, what's going on? I thought you had very specific things to talk about. I do. I'm just kidding. Let's hit them. Come on. Uh, they, to talk about. We do. I want to talk about the winter meetings. I want to start there because tonight, as we were, well, no, a very funny thing happened on the way to the opera today, and that was our buddy, the Yankee fan, Dr. Ray Stat, said, hey, you know who's a perfect fit for your team? D. Gordon. That's how the day started. That was That's this morning. That's how the day started. And he's right. He would be a perfect fit for the Mets. Perfect. Right. To which Cal and I responded. You responded, yeah, he would be a perfect fit. And the sarcasm dripping off your off your message. You're absolutely right. And then I uh, let uh, Dr. E. Ray Stat know that, A, there's no chance of that happening because Sandy Alderson won't make a trade, and B... If he were to, the Dodgers would want pitching, which Sandy Olsen's not going to give up. Uh, or C, they don't need pitching, and they don't have any prospects to give up in the – it doesn't matter. They're never going to make the trade. Guess who got traded tonight? Uh, D. Gordon. That's correct. Guess where he got traded to? The Marlins. I'll save you the time. He's, go- he's going in the division. Right. For, for, for what? I don't know. I don't even pitching. know. For pitching. For pitching. For young. Hot shot prospect Andrew Heaney was in the deal. Really? So what that means is automatically the Mets would have had to trade Noah Syndergaard to get D. Gordon. Would you have traded Noah Syndergaard to get D. Gordon? Yes. You would have? Yep. Okay. You're alone, by the way. Yeah, no one would have done that trade, apparently. Nobody would have done that. Right. I do have breaking news. The Mets have signed someone. You saw that? Nope. Okay. Scott Rice. 
the Mets needed the Mets were looking for a left-handed relief pitcher. So they, they re-signed. They got their man, Scott Rice. Scott Rice. They re-signed Scott Rice. Yes. Did, it's a I think it's a they, minor league contract. Did they ever DFA him? I don't that's unclear. <laughs> but they got their man. They needed a left-handed pitcher. And there were a lot of names thrown out there. You you, you heard names like Neil Cox, Craig Breslow, Phil Coker. Coke, the Coker. But <laughs> I don't I don't think you can call nobody, him that. Nobody called him that. Text I got uh from uh, our buddy Kevin uh, McWalters, KMAC, old friend of mine. <laughs> uh, he was a huge Met fan, but has not uh, been to City Field outside of taking his son there with free tickets from work, which he couldn't pass up. Uh, but twice in the last like four years, he used to go all the time. He used to go to twenty, you know, fifteen, twenty games a year. At Shea, at Shea, correct. This is the text, unsolicited. I haven't texted all day. 8.34 p.m. Is Sandy alive? And he wrote, like we have something to lose? Do something, you boot! (laughs) We talk to players about nothing substantial and don't make offers. That seems to be our front office's motto. (laughs) So... That's what I'd like to talk about first tonight, Bri. And that's, um, I, I guess the Mets are just that good. I guess they're just that good. They don't have to do anything, right? They're all, they're all set. The team is that good. They're at the winter meetings. They are talking to no one. They're signing no one. And uh, deals are going down, trades all over town. And uh, nothing, nothing from them. Well, that's not exactly true. Let's be fair. All right, sir. Let's be fair. Okay. They're looking to trade one of their excess starting pitchers. Right. Not a true prospect, but a uh, a Dylan G, a Bartolo Colon. No, like literally Dylan G. He's the guy they're trying to trade. Right. They're trying to pawn Dylan G off on someone. Right, and they, and they don't seem to be too concerned with what they're going to get back. They just want to be able to get rid of him. I look, you are at a point right now with the Mets that is, I, I I've never seen the like. Um, can you tell me what's going through your head right now? Seriously. What is going through your head right now as they sit at the winner? Is it just a confirmation of everything we've talked about on the show for the last two months? Where you knew they weren't going to do anything. They're not doing anything. They're all your worst suspicions. Uh, Yeah, pretty much. So you're largely unsurprised. No, I'm not. I'm not surprised. But it doesn't. It doesn't make me less angry. Which is weird because you'd think if, if this is what I expected, I'd be okay. I would be going with the flow a little bit more. And it's just infuriating. As it's happening, it's making you more and more angry. Every 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 single thing that I read, it makes me angry. Wow. That's, because that's every, tough. Because every, well, every, about the mess. Right. Not like in general. Like, well, they've ruined the... Right. <laughs> like, 
Like I read a I read a passage from my daughter's math book tonight. That didn't infuriate me. I'm Although talking. Common Core. All right. I'm, common core. Now, now I'm getting angry. Now we're getting... <laughs> um no, everything about the Mets is just it it's just so infuriating and the general manager just approaches every media session, every interview, anytime he's quoted with such a smug, like, he knows better, and this is what we're going to do, and and we got a good team, and I this is going to work. So you can be upset if you want, but too bad. There's a too lot bad. of, yeah, there's a lot of talk about playoffs. There's a lot of talk about the playoffs as if they're a foregone conclusion, as if it's just okay to talk about them enough and you don't actually have to improve the team. But I, I actually want to. Well, before well, yeah, go ahead. But after you do that, I want to actually look at the team. Yeah, that's fine. Before your thought, I just the the thought that I had today, and I wanted to share it with you tonight. What we've heard out of Sandy Alderson a lot in the last couple of years, and it mainly had to do with moving the fences in. You start you hear a lot from him about how there, it's not just a baseball team. But they're in the entertainment business. You've heard him. You've heard him use that I phrase have. before, right? I have, yes. All right, we're in the entertainment business. We, you know, we we want to be able to entertain people so that they come to the ballpark. One of the ways to do that is we're going to move the fences in to make it a more fair park because I think people like high-scoring games more than pitchers' duels. We want to entertain the fans. Okay, so he says that on one hand. On the other hand, everything that he he says about this team is, we're not in on this guy. We're not in on this guy. It, we're pretty much going to go with what you see. Uh, he's, setting, he's setting these extremely low, unexciting expectations for Met fans that it completely counteracts his theory that they're in the entertainment business. Right. Now, I'm not saying... I'm not saying make a trade just for the sake of making a trade, but you don't always have to say, well, this is what, this is what we have. And this is what we're going with. Wilmer Flores is going to be the shortstop. That's well, it. well, that depends on who you talk to. Well, this is what he's saying because the manager, right. He believes that there's going to be a competition. My favorite guy in the world. Right. I, I'm Yeah. So uh, you're absolutely right. He, he's contradicting himself. Um, and, and, and for such a smart guy, he, he doesn't seem to be picking up on this contradiction. But, but also, Cal, what he's doing there is we he moved the fences in. They moved the fences in for Curtis Granderson. They moved the fences in for David Wright. They moved the fences in so if they didn't make any major offensive upgrades during the year, and Lucas Duda as well, they didn't make any offensive adjustments during the off season. That should be enough to get those guys going. That's why they did it. I mean, it's, you know, we're in the entertainment business. No, you're not. You're in the business of making sure that the guys you still have under contract hit more home runs because you're not adding guys that can hit more home runs. I was talking about it with my uh, my friend, uh, Brian, a real good Mets fan, um, who who was like a real... 
I, I don't know. He's he's maturing. I'm sort of proud of him. He's getting he's a young guy still, and he's getting older, and he's getting a little less uh, Joe Beningo-ish, and a little more, you know, reasoned with his rooting, especially for the Mets. He's a Bears fan too, and wait, you think the Jets got a bad the Bears were in bad shape? <laughs> um, and he said to me today, he came to me and he said uh, similar remarks. Oh hey, you know what the you know what the Mets did today at the winter meetings? Like that was his I am to me, and I'm like, yeah, nothing. And he's like, yeah, nothing. Like with exclamation points. Right. But he made a great point. He said, this team is. Let's just say this team is. In his estimation, this team is thirty million dollars. The addition of twenty to thirty million dollars in salary away from being really good. And it. Uh, sort of went along with that point that we've been making forever, which is Sandy Alderson has told us over and over again, Cal, that they want to get to the point. He wants to get the team to the point where they just have to add a piece or two here or there, like the Nats, Mm -hmm. to be a competitive team. The Nats traded for Gio Gonzalez. The Nats signed Jason Wirth. The Nats, all, all along, were making these moves and trades big trades. Mm-hmm. They didn't just rely on drafting Strasburg and Harper and signing Adam LaRoche. And so, you know, they were making big moves and trades all along. He keeps saying, Alderson has kept saying he's building it to the point where they could just add a piece here or there and be competitive. We are there. Add the piece. What's the other thing that he keeps saying? Some, something. <laughs> you something. can't read my... You can't read my mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know that was like a bump set spike there, and I missed the ball. No, it's terribly. okay. No, the other the other thing he keeps saying is that he's not limited by payroll. He has the flexibility right. to add if he needs to. Which 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 is a lie. A well, but B but B as I I am now come around to your thinking. I don't think he would spend it if even if he did. I have come away. I have come around to your line of thinking, and that's what I was talking about with Brian today. Um, you know, uh, my buddy at work. And he said, and he said, he's like, yeah, you know what? I think you're right. I think you're right. I don't think he would actually speak. Because I said to him, I said, Brian, you can make trades and inherit salary. And you're not inheriting $120 million con- dollar contract. You're inheriting like $85 million. Like if Sandy Alderson is so loath to give out $100 million long-term contracts, go get a guy who has five years left on his deal and $80 million. Well, but the problem with that is it would require him trading his starting pitching. There and it is. And he's not going to do that. He's not going to do that. So again, so I there's got, two I, things I, he's not going to do. Yeah, but 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 we'll never know because he keeps lying and saying that he has payroll flexibility, which he doesn't because they don't have any money. And then 10 minutes later, he tells us we're pretty comfortable with where the payroll is. It'll probably come down. Right. Why would it possibly need to come down? And why would you say that? You don't have a 97-win team. You would say that because you can't raise it. No, but why, but why would you say that? Why don't, don't say anything. Don't say anything at that point. Why would you tell your fan base that you're going to lower payroll when it's already low? I, 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 let me correct you. Why would you tell this fan base? I mean, forget this about any base. base. <laughs> this fan base. Yeah, who have seen the payroll taken down to you know seventy, eighty million dollars from where it was and bloodlet in the biggest market in the country. 
just say the payroll is where it is right now. I, I'm not going to get into it. The payroll, That's right? The payroll is going to be gonna what it's going to be. The payroll. I'm not here. I'm not concerned about the payroll. I'm concerned about building a winning team. Period. Boom. That's it. Done. That's it. Don't make any, you know, any snide remarks. The jokes. He tries to make jokes all the time. Isn't this team, Brian, an intelligent or not big trade? I said this to somebody today or yesterday. Cal, that guy was going back and forth with on Twitter. Not back and forth in a bad way. We were just having a good conversation. And I was saying, he his point was, good thing Twitter didn't exist in the early 80s because Cashin would be getting killed for doing basically the same thing Sandy Alderson's doing. Yeah, that's not exactly true, is it? And I said, I said you're right. Alderson has done many of the same things that Cashin did, except Cashin made trades when uh, they came up and knew when... Big trades. And knew when to get the final piece of the puzzle. Right. In 85, in the offseason between 84 and 85, when Gary Carter became available, he knew he was a piece away, a huge piece away from the from finishing the puzzle. 30 years ago today, incidentally. That trade? Yep. No way. December 10th, 1984. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 30 years ago today. We were in fifth grade. We were in fifth grade. And I, I, I've told the story before. My father used to work for Hostess Cakes. Got up, left for work at like 3.30 every morning. Woke me up at 3.30 in the morning, 10 years old, to tell me that Hubie, Books, Hubie Brooks was traded. Oh, wow. Well, that was a big deal. But that was, but that was the information he gave me. Yep. Now I'm now I'm upset because I don't know. You didn't tell me they got Gary Carter, right? <laughs> he just told me Hubie Brooks was traded. You didn't know what you were getting back. All right, see you, pal. I'm going to work. What? I Hubie remember. Brooks. I remember. He's gone. What do you mean Hubie Brooks is gone? and Herm Winningham? You can't do this to me. And then I and I took. <clears throat> I think like I woke up and somehow somewhere along the way I found out that it was Gary Carter, but. I, Danny Ives was the uh, – I actually knew about it in the morning. I think McWalters and I talked about it on the way to the bus. And then Danny Ives, I think, like had a Gary Carter jersey already, like oh. day one. Like he just had to press that day or something. <laughs> <clears throat> At the flea market maybe or something. Like had it, you know, his pat- But we were talking about Gary Carter in that class. And that's the trade that Cashin made. Right. Cashin well, knew that he was a piece away. He traded Hubie Brooks, an extraordinarily popular young player on the team. Yep. A rising star, 24-game hitting streak. Sweet Hubie Brooks, as I used to call him. Don't know why. <laughs> Don't want to talk about it. He traded Floyd Yeomans, who Floyd was a Yeomans, pitching prospect. Who was a huge pitching prospect. And, of course, Herm Whittingham. And his starting catcher, Mike And his starting Fitzgerald. catcher, Mark, Mike Fitzgerald. It was a four-player trade of all guys that were highly cons- – that would be like – honestly, that trade would be like – Murphy. Yep. Syndergaard. Yep. Darno. Yep. Or Plewicki. Let's say Darno. Cause you I would say Darno because he was a major leaguer. Fitzgerald because, was on the major league level. Because what they're, cause where I'm going with this is Buster Posey. Wow, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> no, I'm not that not that they're going to do it, but I'm just that's how I'm equating that. Okay, a perennial all-star catcher that you're bringing in. Right, 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 right. 
right? But like that's that's the equivalent of 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 what they're training. And and throw you might as well throw like Matt Dendecker in there or something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, yeah, like a, a for Herm part. for Herm Winningham. Right, Newland Heist, Dendecker, somebody like that. Imagine if you gave up that package for Troy Tulowitzki. Cashin had the balls to do that. Yeah, also, let's, not, let's not even talk about the Neil Allen and Rick Ownby trade for well, Keith that, Hernandez. Right, that's that's a whole other one. Which is the greatest. He recognized what the team needed. Does Sandy Alderson recognize what this team needs to put it over the top? He doesn't have the manager for it. Doesn't have the manager. That guy's a disaster. I'm sorry. I know. It's a podcast. I'm not trying to be WFAN and Joe Beningo and Evan. I suddenly have a New York dialect, Roberts. I'm not trying to do that. But Terry Terry Collins just is not the guy to lead this team. We've talked about it. And he's making proclamations in the offseason like about Bobby Parnell getting his closer job back when he hasn't thrown a pitch in anchor in a year. And he's Bobby Parnell. And he's not like Mariano Rivera's coming back. <laughs> Come on. It was questionable as a closer when he was there. Ah, oh, just do something resembling anything. And then and so the counter argument if we're gonna if we're gonna play uh uh point counterpoint here. Can we it, play point point counterpoint? Yeah, well that's what we're playing. Do you have the board game? No. That's a board game? <laughs> Should be. Point counterpoint? Yeah. <laughs> That's the most boring board game ever. What does the board look like? It's just a gray cardboard piece that's folded in half. Right. You open it up and then you put... There's a, nothing there. It's an blank. arrow. Well, the the one game piece is just an arrow. It's a, it's a big arrow. And then you, you place the arrow facing whoever it is that's going to speak. That's correct. Right. And you're required to wear suits. When you <laughs> Point, counterpoint. New from Parker Brothers. <laughs> it does come with the suit, which is nice. <laughs> that that was a nice touch. It's like a smock. It's like you know. It's like a, like one of those. Right, it's a plastic suit. Yeah, it's like one of those like suit t-shirts, like a tuxedo t-shirt. Right. You put that's it on over your sweatshirt or something. That. That's right. Right. Topic the- topic fourteen. <laughs> Are you playing Point Counterpoint? New from Parker Brothers? It's definitely a nineteen like sixty eight game. Yeah. Maybe like an early seventies kind yeah, of you just you get a card. The war in Vietnam. Point counterpoint. <laughs> Point counterpoint. Go. That's all it says. You just, you, how do you win? Right. You you beat the crap out of somebody. Ages six and up. <laughs> right. New from Parker Brothers. Ages six and up. Do not play playing counterpoint when drinking. <laughs> um. Yeah. What's the counterpoint? So the, the counter the counter because we're right. Yeah, I know. But here's your counter. Here's the counterpoint for equal time, just so we don't get accused of sure. of one siding it. Uh, it's it's only December tenth. Right. And Sandy Alderson still has all winter. To make his moves, what makes? Why are you so sure that he's not going to do anything? That's the counterpoint. That's the argument from the pro Sandy Alderson camp. Because he hasn't in his four in, years in his four years with the team. Right. That's what we're going off of. Yeah. This is uh, also. I'll give you uh, Rich Catino, who we've had on the program in the five years. 
and and we love Rich. We love his optimism. Um, he was nice enough to give us about an hour and twenty minutes of his time a long time ago. But he was great on the uh, great on the show. And Rich is a, uh, a a Mets beat reporter for various outlets and has been around the team for a really long time. Sometimes Rich's optimism is way too much. I'm going to read you this tweet, and you tell me what's wrong with it. Right? This is moments after D. Gordon. Moments after, boy, that's dramatic. Gun to my head. Earlier tonight. Earlier tonight. This is footage from earlier tonight. Because you could be shot tomorrow, just like John David Stutz. Warning, if you have a weak stomach, you <laughs> might not want to watch this. Well, you know what? If you have a weak stomach for BS, you might not, you, want, to you might not want to listen to this tweet. So D. Gordon is traded. And here's what Rich Catino fires off. Sometimes the best trades are the ones you don't make. How how about the early 70s? Mets might want to do over when they traded Ryan and others for Fergosi. But in the spring of 69, Mets almost traded for Torrey. They did not and got criticized left and right and instead traded for Clendenin. On 615, by the way. The World Series MVP. Hashtag patience. Think about this for a minute. In the last five years, the Major League Baseball team pronounced offseason winner usually is not the winner at the end in October. Wait, this is one tweet? These are, this is a series of tweets, all sent out in like 15 seconds. And here, here it is. You ready? It's the coup de grace. <laughs> this is a coup d'etat with Lyndon Johnson waiting in the wings. Emily <laughs> plays point counterpoint. <laughs> yes. I would. Wouldn't you love to play point counterpoint with Donald Sutherland? <laughs> that would be all right, Bishop. While you're listening to this, please put together a list. Start putting together your list of who you want to play point counterpoint against. That's celebrity point counterpoint. <laughs> a game comes, show from 1973, hosted by sing off, hosted by Bruce Jenner. It comes after the Jack game. Parr. No, you got to have like a that had to be like a pseudo celebrity host to just to make it funnier. Oh, like um because the topics were like really serious and like but it's Polly Shore. Yeah, it's like Horshack is like the host. <laughs> With Gabe Kaplan. Let's just This here it is. You ready? Go ahead. MLB, I just want you to listen very carefully because I had to read it two or three times <laughs> just to make sure. I... MLB offseason is not about stockpiling talent, dash, dash. It is about developing team balance and chemistry with key moves. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> so you're not supposed to stockpile talent for your baseball team. In the off season, that's not what it's about. Hmm. Let me. I'm going to read it again. MLB off season is not about stockpiling talent. It's not. It's not about. That's not. You don't want to get talent for your team. It's about developing team balance and chemistry with key moves. That may be true of a team with a lot of talent. Your San Francisco Giants, <laughs> your, 
I don't St. Louis Cardinals, Los Angeles Dodgers. The Mets won 79 games last year. They're 40 they're 40 games under 500 in the last 4 years. I'm going to have to disagree with that. I actually believe the Mets offseason is about stockpiling talent. This sounds like the perfect time to be stockpiling talent. Yeah. To me, if you when you need talent, go ahead, stop yeah, stockpile. This is not if you if you're swimming in talent, maybe. Ah, but there it is. Therein lies the rub. Wait, I don't think that's the way you say that. Yeah, that's that's how you use oh, it. Oh, that's it? That's a thing? That's it. Uh, they believe they've stockpiled the talent. They I think see. they have the talent. Oh. They believe they have the golden ticket in these young starting pitchers. Right. And that's it. That was the other smug comment. At the end of the day, I'm not worried about it because everybody needs pitching. Right. I'm not worried about it. But, but your problem there is you have to be willing to trade that pitching. You're not going to get a difference maker for Dylan G. No, you're going to get a spare part. Yeah. But that's all they need, apparently. They're so good. It's all they need. They're just they're they're a right-handed bat off the bench away. A lefty specialist in the bullpen away from contending for a championship because of all of this young pitching. They're set all across the diamond. Their lineup is stacked. Their starting pitching is stacked. Their bullpen. There's no room for for another major guy in that bullpen. We just need a complimentary, you know, a guy that's going to get one batter out every couple of days. That's all we need. And we got the guy in charge to lead us there. Cal, Ruben Tejada is only 25. I mean, I could see if he was 31, 32. But that Ruben, you know, the Ruben we saw at the end of the year last year, that's, I think, more the Ruben we're going to see. Which one was that? I'm not ready to to say that Wilma Flores is the shortstop, Cal. Terry Collins. Oh, he's short, yeah. That's... December 8th, 2014. Yeah. That, that folks, that says it all. So you so you have no optimism. Now I I have no optimism. I'm You've I'm, crushed at, I'm it. at zero. You've crushed it. Where are you? One. <laughs> okay. What do you figure the temperature is? One. I have one bit of optimism left and here's what it is. Because if there's if there's something, I want to hear it. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, Todd McShay. <laughs> and and this is one thing I wanted to talk about with you or ask you about. Oh, perfect timing. My one bit of optimism lies in the pitching staff. I think the pitching staff that he has built, including Syndergaard, Montero, who I think Syndergaard is going to be here before long. Uh, I don't think guys like G or, or Cologne are permanent fixtures in the rotation. I think by June or July, you could really have a rotation of Matt Harvey, um, uh, Jacob deGrom, Zach Wheeler, Noah Syndergaard, and John Neese. I think that's a real possibility. 
and that is all pretty much homegrown or from trades. Um, that I that that excites me. You know, we've talked about this a million times, right, Bri? Like, what gets you excited to watch the Mets on a given night? And yeah. a lot and a lot of times it's who's on the mound, right? So last year Degrom starts became much watch, you know, must watches. The year before Harvey start, starts were must must watches. With that sort of Zach Wheeler has had starts that I've really looked forward to and watched. With that sort of rotation, my, my this guy Brian agreed with me today. That's the one shred of optimism. It could be a top five rotation in baseball. Or. Or it could flame out. It could. Just as easily as it could be a top five rotation. It it could. It could. But my my question was going to be, uh, you know, go around this team right now as they're currently constituted. If the season starts tomorrow... Where would you add? What would you add? To what? The, the team? Here's, here's, I'll give you, let's take Terry Collins out of the equation, right? I'll give you this team, let's go around the horn, and I'll give you this team, this lineup looks like this on June 1, right? The rotation is uh, Harvey, DeGrom, Nice, Wheeler, and Syndergaard. I don't and, agree with that, but go on. You don't agree with that potentially being a rotation, or you don't yeah, agree I don't, with? I don't think that will be the rotation on on June first. Maybe later in the season. But is I it hypothetically it's... possible that it might be? It could be. I doubt it, but it could be. Okay. Is Bartolo Colon's going to stay healthy? Um, he might. He stayed healthy last year. All right. So indulge me in my hypothetical. It's not out of the question. My, I, I happen to think one of those guys is, is not going to be around on June 1st. Someone's going to get hurt. Okay. Let's indulge me the hypothetical and say that they're not. Indulged. Okay. So there's your rotation, and your lineup looks like this. Ligaris, Murphy, Wright, Duda, Kadire, Granderson, Darno, Flores. Okay. How do you feel about that team? What's that team missing? And your bullpen is uh, Parnell, Familia, Vic Black. i can give you four guys for the back end. Parnell, Familia, Vic Black, uh, Edgen is your lefty, and um, Mejia is your closer. Well, Parnell is your closer. Look, don't Terry Collins me. Just... <laughs> One of those guys is your closer, whether it's Familia Mejia or Parnell. One of those guys is your closer. All right, so the question is, how do I feel about that? What is, is that? that? Yes. So you're asking me? Yes. It's okay. 500 team, maybe? At best, right? I think. What do you add to that team to mm-hmm. make it better? Realistically? or yes. No, I'm saying... I'm saying let's – we've been criticizing Sandy Alderson and stuff easily, 
and it's not hard to do. I'm talking from a baseball standpoint, right? When you look at the way that lineup is constructed and you look at the way the team is constructed. Fine, I'll, I'll make it specific. Do you? Is there a shortstop missing there? Yeah, clearly. So Flores has no chance to be a serviceable shortstop. I think he's going to be serviceable, but serviceable is not going to be good enough. But that's the spot you would upgrade. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, my I'm, other... I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm getting at like what. I know where you're going. Okay. I know where you're going. Um, that's the spot. Like, what? What can he do realistically to improve right. his team? That's right. Right, we're we're getting on him for not doing anything, but we need to put our money where our mouth is and give him, you know, money come your, to the table with an idea. Money of your life. Right. <laughs> um, shortstop. Flores can be a serviceable shortstop. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not saying that Flores is going to be a complete disaster at shortstop. I don't believe that. I think he's going to be serviceable. Do you buy the do, do you buy the defensive argument? They should be looking for a defense for no. a shortstop. No, I don't buy that at Good, all. Good, neither do I. It's ridiculous. That's fine. Um, they can improve at shortstop. I, quite frankly, I don't know what to expect out of Curtis Granderson. I had seen that. I had seen Andy Martino had suggested getting creative by trying to trade Curtis Granderson, right? And then trying to trade for like a Justin Upton or a Matt Kemp or something like that to upgrade on the Curtis Granderson spot. It's interesting. Which I thought was very interesting because I don't know what we're going to get out of Granderson. I don't know what we're going to get out of David Wright, but right. I feel okay and, with and him I, there. Right, and I can't – I don't want to bring that into the hypothetical. I want to – because we don't know. So I want to say you're getting you're getting average production out of both guys. You're not getting last year, way below, but you're not getting their best years. You're getting average – you're getting their major league average. Okay. You're we get, don't, you know, you're getting 260, and but Granderson's got 15 home runs because they moved the fence in a little. You're getting Curtis Granderson's average major league year. You're getting David Wright's average major league year. Is it safe to say that in that lineup, really the only guy you know what you're going to get is Daniel Murphy? Yes. I don't know if dude is going to hit 30 home runs again. Nor do I. I don't know if Darno is ready to make that leap. To continue on what he built on last year, yeah. No, don't I don't. Know. I don't know what Kadire coming off an injury plague season at age thirty six in a or ballpark is going to do. How much he's going to play? I don't know if Juan Lagares is going to play great defense. We know that. We don't know what he's going to hit. Nope. So they've got question marks everywhere in that what, lineup. That's and right. what I want them to do is bring in something that's not a question mark. Yep. Stick somebody Gary in the middle, Carter. Right. Stick somebody in the middle of that lineup that you don't have to worry as advertised. Plug and play. That's what I want. But there's but but it's never gonna happen. I, I think my point too is though that boy, that's poorly phrased. My point too though is there are other spots. Everybody's clamoring for a shortstop. There are. Uh, let's give it to Martino. At least he's thinking outside the box a little, or the 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 current box a little bit. 
there are other spots where you can upgrade besides the shortstop. Yeah, well, but and, and what you just described is exactly what's needed. Exactly. Something out of the box. Plug and play. Something that a Harvard <laughs> what other, educated what other little drop. yeah cliches can we and analogies can we have drag and drop plug and play out of the box drag, drag and drop doesn't work I feel yeah like. sure I'm gonna put my mouse on Troy Tulowitzki shed it and forget it lock and load no that's what's with the guns we're back to the gun to your head <laughs> not lock and load. I must not be playing this game right. You're, you're not good at point-counterpoint. I'm just saying... The cliche things. version. <laughs> cliche edition. Set it and forget it. That's a good one. Set it and forget it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's Steve. what That's what they should be looking for, and there's four spots you could do it at. Where? Give them to me. I want to hear them. Say it. Don't yell at me, please. I'm not yelling. Shortstop. I'm imploring. Left field. Right field and second base. No, but second base is the one spot that you know what you're going to get. I guess we just talked about that. I don't know what happened here. Though. I got excited. I meant first base. First base. Okay. Yes. You didn't mean first base. You just you're covering. I did. Track. No, no, I did mean first base. Era. I mean uh, first base. Era. I uh, apologize. I misspoke. There are people of Boston. <laughs> Did I ever tell you the people of Boston story? Uh, no. Oh, really quick. My One of my uh, trips up there with my buddies, it was with Terry, and Terry Scannell is just one of the funnier human beings ever. We were driving in his, like, his K car <laughs> post-college up to Boston to go see Woodsy's sister. Woodsy's sister was up there. My buddy uh-huh. was... And we're stuck in traffic, like we're just getting into Boston. And I, I was probably drunk in the backseat. I don't know. I may have been drinking the night before. Uh, but we're driving up there in the morning. And we're stuck in traffic on like one of the small roads like going into like downtown Boston. And these all, there's all these construction workers. So I lower the window. And we're all doing our worst Kennedy impressions like the whole way there. <laughs> And so I lower the window and like we're we're crawling, like we're in traffic and we're crawling. So like the construction guys are like right next to us. You know how like that can happen? Like the construction guys are yeah, like next sure. to your car. And I'm leaning out the window going, Era, people of Boston and construction workers, I will get you better shovels and more paid time off. And like I started doing like a Kennedy campaign speech. Like <laughs> Era, people of Boston. Out the window? Yeah, out the window. They did not uh Find it amusing. Have you been back? Nope. Okay. <laughs> I will uh, nice. get you better shovels and uh, air uh, shinier helmets. <laughs> <laughs> there are certain Soviet people who would say that that color orange is bright enough. I say we go brighter. Yeah, it was it was good. Some of my best stuff. As I said, drinking. Um, we just we just pointed it out. We just pointed it out. There are places to to do it. All right. So just to just to tie up the Mets. Last thing for me on on Sandy Alderson and, and what really upsets me about him is I. This is the most frustrating part about this is 
I don't necessarily disagree with him. I don't think making a trade for the sake of making a trade is the right way to go. I don't know if I would necessarily trade any of those young pitchers. Would have to be in the absolute right deal. I'm not going to trade him. I'm not going to trade Syndergaard or, or DeGrom or any of those guys for a middling shortstop. No, there's, or, no, there's no need to. But, no, nobody's, but nobody's telling him to do that. That's, no, that's, that's, and that's my point. My thing is, if this is the plan, that's fine. Just shut the hell up. Then just say it. Just that this is what we're doing, okay? Don't make jokes about it. Don't talk about, well, we're not, we don't believe in, you know, we're not in on this guy. We're not in on this guy. We're not on, you know, I don't, just don't say anything. Don't say a word. Because what you've done with your words right now is make me not give a crap about your team. Words hurt. I'm completely disillusioned with the Mets right now because of what he said. And that's the frustrating part, like I said, is I don't necessarily disagree with his approach. Yet, I feel like I feel like crap about this team. So you said it perfectly. It's not. It's not. It's the, the selling of optimism, and the snark and arrogance surrounding it. You know, and the and the the sort of condescension around it is a complete turnoff. You know, you hear all the time there there is no to what, to what should be optimistic. There is no franchise in professional sports that is more out of touch with their fan base than the New York Mets. Well, I call baloney on that, and I'll tell you why. They know exactly how the Mets fans feel, and they don't care. They don't care. And, and they play into it. And in, in we've talked about this in some cases. I really believe he gets a kick out of it. He's trolling them. He gets a kick out of it. I he's, think he's trolling He's them. looking to elicit a reaction. Yeah. And that and it and it's it's insulting and it's offensive as a Met fan and it's disrespectful. Do quite something honestly. resembling anything. You don't don't you don't owe me the Met fan a championship. All right? I don't I don't believe I'm not entitled like that where I feel like you got to do everything that you need, you know. No. For for me, for us, we're sitting here, you owe us. You've crapped on us for so long, now you owe us. That's not what it's about. But do your job. Your job is to win ball games. Do your job. Yeah, it's Build exactly. Win ball exactly. Games. It's the your thing. job. It's it's just it's a perfect segue into John Itzik and the fire John Itzik crowd. It's your job. You don't owe me to put together a winning team. It's your job. And if you're not doing your job well, you should be fired. It's your job. You don't owe me. I nobody puts a gun to my head. I choose to be a Jets fan. I choose to be a Mets fan. You don't owe me. Nobody made me buy a PSL. I didn't. But the entitlement is ridiculous. Well, we spend all this money. Well, who told you to? It's like it's like politics, Cal. You have one way to show your displeasure with something. You vote, right? It's the same thing in sports. You have one way to show your displeasure. Don't go. Right. No, instead, go with your stupid little towels. Right. Go with your fire itzik towel. Go. That's, that's going to make a statement because you still filled his ballpark. 
Exactly. So, good job. And, and you know, just on the Jets quickly, by the way, playing Tennessee this weekend, and I again, I can root against them on Monday to Saturday, then it gets into the game, and I have a tough time rooting against them until this week. A, I didn't even know the game was on at 1 o'clock. Didn't even know. This past week? Yep. You missed it. Correct. Well, you watched it on... I watched the rewind, yeah. On tape. Jumped in (laughs) on tape because I'm Warner Wolf. (laughs) I jumped in the shower at like... Sports machine. I jumped in. I had like 15 people coming over for Wesley's birthday. Like my family or whatever was all coming over. My dad, my uncles and stuff. So I jumped in the shower after cleaning the house like a maniac at like 105. I pop on FAN on the transistor radio in the shower because it's 1987. And I've just pulled off. I've just pulled off the Lufthansa heist, and um, <laughs> Jimmy, and uh, it is waterproof. And um, the Giants are on, right? So I'm thinking, oh, okay, Jets are at four o'clock. I still have time to set the DVR. Not even thinking about it. And then at like one or like two ten, I check my Twitter feed. I hadn't checked Twitter all day, and I'm seeing like. Gino just threw an incomplete, like, what? Had no idea it was on at the same time. No idea. Didn't even bother to set the DVR for the second half. You know what's funny? I had the same exact experience, except I didn't know the Giant game was on at the same time. Right. <laughs> so I knew, the Jet, I knew the Jet game was at one, and I thought, oh, the Giants will be at four. But right. that's what happens when both teams are so bad late yep. in the season. Yep. They don't care. Put them on at the same time. Get it all out at one. And, and, and that's, that's what threw me off. It never happens. It absolutely so, never happens. So, so this week, I this actually week, did not mind that they lost. Well, no, I'm I'm looking ahead. I mean, while this, watching it, like we saw, we yes, we saw, we had the game on while the family was here, and the eighty whatever it was, ninety two yard screen pass happens, or eighty eight yards, whatever. Oh, the, in overtime, yeah. And the overtime screen pass, and I was kind of like, I, I got very. Seinfeld on that. Just, oh, that's a shame. Ah, that's too bad. Right. I wasn't rooting against them. If they had won, I wouldn't have been upset. By any means. Okay, so now let's talk about this week. I was not heartbroken that they lost. I want to talk to you about this week. I understand that. There are five teams right now with two wins. Yep. Right? Oakland, the Jets, Tennessee, Tampa Bay... And Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Okay. Five teams with two wins. Five really bad teams. Five really bad teams. There's a, Washington's got three wins, but let's yes. leave them out of that. Giants have for four. Now. Right. So of those five teams with two wins, sure. Can we we can safely say that Oakland has a quarterback that they're probably going to yes. stick with next year? Yes. And Jacksonville has a quarterback that they're probably going to stick with next year. Yes. Correct? Yes. Okay. And Tampa Bay arguably has a quarterback. They don't. They don't have a quarterback? No. Okay. Mike Glennon is not going to be the quarterback next year for sure. I don't think they think he's – no. Let, let, me, let me put it this way. They are not – those first two teams are not drafting a quarterback. Okay, so I'm, Tampa, I'm to, Tampa still might. Okay, so Tampa, the Jets, Tennessee. Yes. There are two big-time quarterbacks coming out in the draft this year. 
you're going to want to be one of the top three picks, I think, next next year in the draft. Correct? Top three? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I don't know if either of these quarterbacks are that, though. Okay. Okay. I, I mean, Mariota is starting to look like he might be. Wow. Maybe. I know you don't want to believe it. I, it's not that I don't want to believe it. I just... Won't get fooled again? Yeah. I'm not sure. It's the classic... It's not a classic Jets thing, but it's a, it's a Jet thing that has happened many times in their draft history, and that's when they suck, Peyton Manning's not there. And the one time that they did suck and Peyton Manning was there, Bill Parcells wouldn't commit to him, so he stayed in school. Right. You know, it's just they they just don't go two and fourteen when Andrew Luck is a senior. So it takes us to this week. What are you, what are you going to do with this game? Because you really want to lose this game if you want to high if you want to get a better draft pick than Tennessee next year. Yep. You want you want them to beat you this week. Got to lose this game. Now, do you think they're looking at it the exact same way? They are. So what is going to happen on Sunday when you have two teams that don't want to win? But the Jets will try to win because of their coaching situation. So Rex Ryan doesn't care about a draft pick. Doesn't care. He knows he's losing his job. Mm-hmm. And he's going to he's going to coach that game like it's the Super Bowl. If anything, he sticks it to the Jets by winning that game. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So and also, you know, the Jets played hard last week. They played hard in that game. Gino actually did not look bad. He really didn't. And, you know, again, his his quotes and his comments, were, <laughs> it's kind of exciting. Didn't he, didn't he make a comment today about being a Pro Bowl quarterback this year or something? He said, I have Pro Bowl moments. Who's, first of all, I just can't do it consistently, and I need to do it consistently and show everybody I can do it consistently. First of all, who says that, even if you are a Pro Bowl quarterback? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> who says that about themselves? And second of all, no. <laughs> it's wrong. But I don't, think, I don't think he realizes, like, how it's coming off. I like think the, that, like the, I think that might the, be the, the big, big part of the problem. Involved. Like the other day when he said, "It's kind of exciting how far we have to go, <laughs> how much room we have to grow." Yeah, well, that's not exciting. That means you suck <laughs> a lot in year two. Like you're not supposed to suck that much that you have so much room to get better. Right. You're supposed to be saying it's kind of exciting how close we are. To being good. Right. And he was talking about, like, the red zone stuff. Like, it's out of context. It's absolutely ridiculous. Even in context, it's, do you, did you hear what you just said? It's like Tobias. Like, you should carry a tape recorder around with you because I think you'd be pretty surprised at the results. He's like Tobias Fumke. I, I don't have any, anything in the can yet, but I can't wait to get something there. You should, Wow. You should really carry a tape recorder around. <laughs> oh, and I just blew myself. 
So many great Tobias Fumke lines. <laughs> I can't wait to get my hands on those meaty leading man parts. <laughs> anyway, um, I again, Monday to Saturday, I want them to lose. But I'll be in that game on Sunday, and if I'm watching it, I'm going to want them to win. Well, I guess we'll see. I am. If they should happen to lose, I won't be upset. But I can't root for them to lose. I just can't. I can't do it. All right. All right, so listen, we uh, that's enough about the Jets. 2-11 two, two and 11 team. Um, the NFL, by the way, is the NFC, just real quickly, um, is nuts. This is going to be... I am interested in this playoffs. Because you could have a you could have a team at at you know seven eight and one win the win the NFC South right like you you could have a team at you know six and nine what is it like six nine and one win the NFC South yeah um you know eleven wins might not get you in the Dallas Eagles game is fantastic this week the Packers are. I love watching the Packers play. I love it, Cal. I have often. Well, I have why? Well, besides the fantasy implications, I have offense envy. Mm. I have extreme offense envy. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I tell you right now, if I could trade for any player in the NFL and put him on the Jets, it would be Aaron Rodgers. Well, nope. That's it. I'd take him over Luck. I'd take him over. I would. T- he is ridiculous. I think most people would would concur. He's ridiculous. That offense is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He makes throws. I, I'm I'm going to start getting into Francesa Andrew Luck type hyperbole soon with Aaron Rodgers. I've never seen anything like it. There are throws he is making 60 yards down the field on a dime, on a line, on the run to his right. I've never seen. I've never seen it. If he were on the Jets, he'd be fumbling balls out of his mouth. (laughs) See? Whoa. I think you should record yourself, Tobias. That was Tobias Funke with his take on Jets football. You think the butt fumble was bad? There's no chance. That guy is too good. He's ridiculous. He is immune mm-hmm. to the Jet quarterback curse. Yeah, you think? I think he is. All right. Well, we're going to yeah. find out. He just got traded to the Jets. <laughs> we're not going to find out. Oh, my goodness. Imagine. I, I mean, he's just so good. I watched that offense, and I... I sit there and I say, why can't I have it one team that does this in my life? As a Jet fan, like why can't I watch I why can't I get to experience an offensive football team like this? Just once. We've had some good offensive teams. You know, Kenny O'Brien in eighty five, that was that was a good offensive team. Mm-hmm. He had a day where he threw for 450 and five touchdowns. Come on. One game in 35 years? 
Well, Browning Nagel had a good game, too. Browning Nagel, his first game ever against the Falcons. Right. Hey, Glenn Foley had a big game. But that's that, but that's when you talk about the Jets' history, you're talking about individual games over a 35-year period. Well, post-Namath. Post-Namath, right. I mean, even I, – I, I'm coming Richard to – Richard Todd had a couple of good games. Richard Todd had a lot of good games. I'm in a lot of awful games. I'm coming to feel very nostalgic for Chad Pennington. I, I'm starting to. I was looking at some film of him, and they had like a highlights package on YouTube. There's like a great highlights package on YouTube of Chad, and Chad was really good. But Chad was a game manager who was cerebral, and. Uh, had great footwork and and would find the open man and a tremendous play action passer and could read a defense and if only but, he had an arm but just didn't have the arm right if he had arm strength that's that's all he needed that's all he needed and then we would have had that offense but even yeah. that even that offense was just designed around the run and to control the ball and take the occasional shot downfield and to play with a lead right. Can I get an offense that if we get down 21 nothing, the game's not over? Never had anything like that. The Packers get up, the, the Packers go down 17 nothing. It's okay. The, the 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 Chargers get down 17 points. The 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 Patriots, forget about the Patriots. I mean, can I just is that is that too much to ask for? Got to have the quarterback. That's where it starts. Yeah. Well, that ain't going to happen next year. Hey, listen, we have a question. Okay. From uh from the uh the social media platform, Facebook. Uh with it. this question comes to us from a Rick Ryan. I believe you know Rick. Sure. Uh and Rick asks, uh concerned that the Islanders blew these two games after leading by three in the first. The Blues are a good team, but the Wild are not. Thought they outgrew this stuff last year and knew how to win with a lead. What do you guys think? Well, Rick, <laughs> funny you should ask. Uh, and and Rick's an, an old friend of ours and a very big Islander fan. Very big Islander fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and a very big Jet fan as well. In fact, I went to a few games with Rick in high school. A few Islander games. One night we met Bob Nystrom and he signed my cast. Um... Thank you, thank you, Rick. Thanks for the question, buddy. Uh, we miss you. We hope uh, your family's doing great. Hope the girls are all great. Um, yeah. So, uh, Islanders hitting a bump in the road, or this is the end of uh, the feel-good 2014-15 season. I don't like what I've seen the last two games. All right, sir. <laughs> Fair. That's probably I, the best way to put it. I appreciate how measured you're being. That article you sent me was very good. It was a pretty good article, right? It was. I don't. I didn't agree with all of it. I think it left out. I, I agreed with most of it. Um, you think it left out effort? That's the piece that that I'm hung up on. Right. Is the effort. Um. And this is a piece, by the way, we're talking about uh, that was on Lighthouse.com to uh, LighthouseHockey.com. We of course have had. Uh, Dominic Jansky, uh, who runs that site, great Islanders website. It's the the best Islander we- uh, Islanders website, I think, uh, blog site. So you should definitely check that out, lighthousehockey.com. And a very intelligently written article about uh, 
you know, not just the last two games, but the last six games. Right, which is which is kind of what I've been on. I've been saying like for the last two weeks they haven't been their game has changed from their hot start. Um, the last two games they blew a three nothing lead two games in a row. You know that's only happened five other times in the history of hockey. What's that now? Six only six times. What's that stat boy? In the history of the NHL. I thought has you didn't a, care about numbers. Has a team blown a 3 nothing lead in consecutive games? All right, so what? So what? Six times in the NHL's history. So what? So what? Oh, okay. So that, so that portends catastrophe. No, but it, maybe it's, it's not a, a shrug of the shoulders. And, ah, oh, well, you know, let's go Islanders. Let's not, I, it's not a great look. I'll admit that. Six times ever. Well, this was the sixth. This was the sixth, sixth <laughs> time. <laughs> Look, <laughs> history of the sport. I think we're I think we're in a middle ground here, right? I think you're. I think we need to find a middle ground here with the Islanders. Uh, I'm probably not going to budge, but go ahead. I'm just I I'm I agree with you that the effort that they're getting out efforted. For, as that article pointed out, essentially half the game mm-hmm. for some odd reason. So there are 30 minutes in there that they play extremely well and 30 minutes that they play extremely poorly. And in four of those six games, they've, been managed, to, they've managed to hang on and either get a point and a win or win in regulation. But the, last, the... the last two, they've lost in spectacular fashion. You know what the bizarre part about that is? It's not 30 consecutive minutes. Not in all of them. In two of the games, it's been 30 consecutive minutes. But in four of the six, you're right. It hasn't been 30 consecutive minutes. And so you're... I think in all of them, it hasn't... It's... Uh, I, I, I think the Devils game... I think the Devils game, it was 30 consecutive minutes. Um, but but regardless, yeah, you're you're right. In four, at least four of the six, probably five of the six, it hasn't been. I am falling on this, so it is worrisome. It's extremely worrisome. But I am also, as that article pointed out, I am also taking into account, and having watched every game this season except one. Well, then you can't you can't comment. Then you haven't watched them all, right? That's not one. I I blew it. I'm also taking into account that they played uh, three of these games without their top three defensemen. Two of them without their, or uh, you know, two of them without their top two defensemen. One of them without their number one goalie, and uh, also without their fourth line center, who's a big contributor on the team. Plays a lot of positions. They're integrating Michael Grabner into the lineup. There have been lineup changes. There have been line changes. And while that doesn't affect effort, Cal, like I said to you last night, is Travis Hamannick going to make a better pass out of his own zone than Brian Strait? He is. Playing with better players changes how you play the game. Think about this. They're getting dominated in the second period yesterday. They don't even have a shot. And they're spending so much time in their own zone. Well, part of the problem there is Brian Strait's giving away the puck every three seconds. Griffin Reinhardt can't get the puck out of his own zone. Nobody can make a breakout pass. If you have better players, they make better plays. 
and maybe you don't get dominated for 20 minutes. And maybe you do get a shot on goal because Travis Hamannick knows how to make an outlet pass out of his own zone. You have to account for those things. That's not just effort. That's talent. And Chad Johnson is terrible. Chad Johnson is terrible. I mean, there's a, there's a common link in, what, two of those six games, and it's Chad Johnson. Mm-hmm. And Euro, uh, Euroslav Halak stole three of those games, right? Stole wins in three of those games. Without Yaroslav Halak's performances, they don't get points in those three games. He is a number one goalie. Like, that's, they're allowed to have that. All that said, I'm concerned. But I'm concerned for different reasons. Or maybe not the standardized reasons you are. And one of the biggest ones is, I still don't think this coaching staff has gotten the lines figured out. And John Tavares, at some point, as much as I love him, as elite as he is, needs to be a captain. Coaching, coaching and captaincy. That's what, pulls, that's what pulls them out of this. Coaching and captaincy. The thing that alarms me is that earlier in the season, Tavares was being a captain. He was every game he would speak after the game when they were winning and he was very focused, very serious. We haven't won anything yet. We're not going to rest on anything. We still have a lot of work to do. Yeah, we like to win, but we haven't won anything. And he and you heard a lot of that over the first 6 weeks of the season. I heard that after the Caps game. I mean, he said the same things after the Caps game. He said we didn't play well enough. We were lucky to get out of here with a point, or you know, with the two points. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I got the I'm glad I got the game winner. But it, you know, if we continue to play like that, we're not going to win a lot of games. I and mean, he said the same thing. Yeah. Well, guess what? He's right. And now, if he's saying that in the Caps game, they've played four games since then, and they've played four crap games since then. And they so, won two of them. So if if which is the worst possible thing for them, I think. Because they were getting very comfortable with playing like garbage and still finding a way to win. And I think that got, they, they developed a lot of bad habits over these six games. Did you see Hickey's comments after the game yesterday? Yeah, I did. These co- yeah, but you know what? These comments don't mean anything. If they, go, if they come out to no, listen to me. If they come out tomorrow <laughs> with a better effort, I'm, I'm trying to make a point. If they come out tomorrow with a better effort, right? I can, I can, I can deal with them playing their butts off and losing 2-1 in a tough game where the other goalie steals the game. Fine, I get that. I can also deal with they come out and they are beaten from, from pillar to post for nothing, and they're just dominated the entire game. I could get that, and I could blame that on the fact that they have no talent out there. But when you come out and you, and you skate like you do for the first 20 minutes of the game, and you take a 3 nothing lead, two games in a row – even with the lack of talent out there, I can't. I cannot accept the effort and and blowing two games like that. I can't accept that. That's fair. I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. You know, but you. But yes, to, to your point, I did see Thomas Hickey's comments yesterday, and he's and he's right. And now let's see what happens tomorrow night. I think those. I I agree. I think though on the ice. Those players make a difference, and, and and missing those players makes a difference. But I totally agree with you. I it, it it to lose the way they've lost these last two games, 
harkens back to what Rick asked in his question, and that was, I thought they were over this. You said it yesterday. It's in their head now. It's back in their head. Well, it's like last year with the two-goal lead going two into the third, the third period, period, and right. then they went and lost, what, uh, 17 out of 23 games? Yeah. I'm, it's something like that. Yeah, I don't think there's... I, I I really don't think they're susceptible to a streak like that. I really don't. Their goaltending's too good. I don't know though. But I don't tr- I don't trust that they're not. My my bigger times. my bigger concern or my largest concern with that is the coach. Is the coach? Coaches are big in hockey. Yeah, I agree. And he's 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 been susceptible to losing seventeen out of twenty three. I agree. I need to see him. Uh, look, accountability has been better this season. I need to see him figure out the lines, figure out what you're doing with Tavares on that first line, figure out what's you know put the best first line out there that you possibly can. Put the best line if it's Nelson Tavares and Ox, put them out there. They've tried that though. They tried it for a game. Yeah, it didn't work. It didn't work for that game, so you scrap it? Nelson has eight power play goals. Eight. Who do you think he's playing on the power play with? Eight of his 13 goals are on the power play. But it doesn't matter. He has eight power play goals with Tavares and Oposo next to him. Can you try it for two games? I'm I'm open to anything right now. We're going to find out. We're going to find out if this team is overblowing leads, if this team has matured and is ready to step up. You know, they're 19 and 9. They almost became the fastest team to, they should have been the fastest team to 20 wins in the NHL, which would have been their first time speaking of, you know, all time things. With all the great Islander teams ever, that would have been the first time ever the Islanders were the fastest. To 20 wins in the NHL. Right. Let's see. I'm optimistic. But I'm only optimistic if they can get, you know, Johnny Boychuk back soon. And if they can get Travis Hamannick back soon. These are two huge guys on their blue line. Huge. These are guys that tell guys, you know, I mean, Boychuk's got instant respect. On that team. If you're not going to make an effort. Or you're not going to play hard. You're going to hear about it from him in the locker room. I guarantee it. So. Let's. I, I want to see how they respond. Alright. You want the next six games? Yeah. The next six games. St. Louis. Yep. Chicago. Yep. The Devils. Yep. Detroit. Tampa Bay. Montreal. Yeah. Five out of the six are arguably five out of the top ten teams in hockey in the NHL. Good. Yeah, okay, well. They've played better against better competition. They didn't play so well against St. Louis. They've played three of their best games against the best in the NHL. So good. Maybe Maybe that's what they need. Maybe they need to not think they can throw their helmet on the ice and win the game. Good. Let's because, see. If, because if they don't play hard against St. Louis tomorrow night, they're going to get run out of the building. 
And if they don't play hard against uh, the Canadians or Chicago on Saturday night at home, they're going to get run out of the building. I, I, I just think this is a very slippery slope over these next six games well, let's see where they could of. really undo a lot of what they did over the first two months. They absolutely could. Let's see. What, I'm not ready to push the button and say they're going to. I'm not. I'm not saying they're going to. I just. I am not as optimistic as you that they're going to be able to just turn it around. Uh, but I, it's. It's. I would have felt better if they won that game last night. I would have felt a million times better. Well, I think we I, all. Hmm? I think we all would. Well, because I because I was completely irrational and overreacting to one loss on Saturday. That's fair. I took that loss on Saturday and, and I went nuts with it. And I knew, and I knew I was being irrational. It was one loss. There was still 19 and eight, 13 and three in their last 16 games. It was one bad game. And then they jumped out to a three, nothing lead last night. And I felt like, Oh, okay. This isn't the same Islander team. They get it. They knew they laid an egg on Saturday. They got reamed on the trip out to Minnesota. They came out hard, took a big lead, I felt better about it. And then they lost again the same way. And that just magnified everything for me. Yeah, I, I, I understand. I think turn it around is a little strong. I think it back on track is, is a little better. They're 19-9. and nine. <laughs> When I say turn it, I, I feel like they're heading in the opposite direction right now. Okay. Well, I, I I would prefer to get back on track since they have they have won thirteen of sixteen games. Of seventeen now, thirteen of seventeen. Right. Yeah. They've Again, lost two in a row. Get back on track. You know what? Back in November or the end of October, when they went out west, they had a stretch where they lost three games in a row. Yes. Right. And they showed a lot by because that the season could have easily gotten away from them at that point. They were six and five. Yep. Lost three games in a row. Out West, they still had another three games on the road trip. They were entering November, which was in their heads also. Yep. And I give them all the credit in the world for not allowing that to happen. I think, they, I think it was clear that they recognized what was in front of them, and they got past it. And, they, and then they went off on a remarkable run. Then let's they won, then let's they, see then if they won. can do it again. They went 13, they went 13 and 4 after that. Yeah, this is this is this is the time to do that again. I don't know if they can do it. I'm I don't I'm not confident that they can, but I'm hopeful that they can. I'm if, not gonna... if in these next six games they get six points. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I would take I would take six points out of these next six games. I really would. So out of the next twelve possible points, you're okay with six? I'll take six. Okay. Yep. Because after that, then then they get Buffalo, they get Washington, they get Winnipeg, they get a couple of of lighter games where they could you know accumulate some more points. Right. But I, I I'll take you know what? Uh, let me amend that. I'll take the six points if they play well. Okay. The majority of the time. Okay. I don't want to, I don't want six points where they could have had nine and they blew games. Right. And they only got six. Right. Would you do anything to JT's line? What would be your line combos right now? Let's say that Zika is back tomorrow night. Zika's. I don't. I don't know. I, I maybe try Anders Lee on that first line. I've been saying that 
all year. Yeah, we've been saying that for a while. Maybe you know, I I was saying that you got to do something to jump. You got to do something to jumpstart that line. You have maybe, to maybe throw Lee up there. Um, maybe put Kuhlman and Grabowski back together. They seem to have a chemistry with Nielsen. With Nielsen, um, throw Bailey Strom and Grabner. Grabner together. Which Grabner and Bailey have had chemistry before? No, 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 not the ba- uh, Nelson Strom and Grabner. Oh, Nelson Strom and Grabner. Okay, Bailey. I, right now, I'm healthy scratching Bailey. Yeah. If, if everybody is is right in the lineup, Bailey's the odd man out. You give Matt Martin a night off. I might. I I you know wouldn't surprise me to see him get a night off tomorrow. Especially and, after yesterday. Right, and they throw Bolton out there. Well, you wouldn't have to if. Suzuki's well, no, but he's gonna, he's gonna want he's gonna want the. Uh, you really need a tough guy against the Blues? Against St. Louis? Yeah. I think so. I don't think you do. They got pushed around a little bit on, on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. But, well, you know, last night the Matt Martin situation totally totally changed the, the com- complex of the game. Complex. Yeah. Composition. Complexion. Complexion. That's what it is. Not complexion so much. No, the complexion. Of but the complexion. Um, yeah, it did. If, if, because if you notice, after after that hit, he 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 got into a fight right after that. Right, which the guy you know dropped the gloves with him. Right, and then he didn't lay a hit on anybody the rest nope. of the game. Nope. Which, if Matt Martin isn't laying a hit on anybody, Matt Martin shouldn't be on the ice. Yeah, he doesn't have much else. And that was an unbelievably scary moment. I think he was completely shaken up by it. I think so too. I didn't think it was. a Dirty hit. I don't think it was a dirty hit. I think it could have been called a penalty. Certainly good. Well, I mean, the 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 hit to Brock Nelson's head. Well, the guy got suspended for two games for that. Yeah, but not a penalty. penalty. Not a penalty. Right. Um, not, and that's the same guy who had the, uh, as they called it on Lighthouse, the Highlander two-handed slash on on uh, Tavares, which, by the way, is to me a disgusting play. Like that's awful. That yeah. should have been a five-minute major. That is a terrible... There is no intent other than to hurt the guy so he can't score. You're not going for the puck. not trying to do anything. You're trying to hurt the guy so he falls down and doesn't score. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all you're trying to do. I mean, that was that was like, you know, Brashear taking a, a stick to a guy's head. That's, well, it, it wasn't like that. But. but that's all he's trying to do. He's taking his stick with two hands and swinging it at a guy's leg. And swing right. at the puck... Didn't swing it, try to throw his stick or whatever. Throw your stick. That was disgusting. I'm sorry. I hate that play. And I hate I hate watching, you know, uh, a ballot's head hit the ice. It was terrible. Terrible. Uh, but that changed the way Matt Martin played the game. And if that's going to change the way Matt Martin plays the game, Matt Martin doesn't belong on the ice. I agree. And it changed the complexity of the game. The complexion. Complexity. <laughs> it changed the, the composition. The composite. The compensatory. Because, it changed the compensatory picks of the game. Because Minnesota got extremely physical in that game, and the Islanders didn't know how to handle it. Nope. And also, you had the retaliation penalty for Ox. Right. Which should have been both. They both should have gone for roughing because the guy threw a punch. Here's the thing: Tavares, Oposo, Nielsen. These are your leaders on the team. Yeah. Get your act together, boys. Seriously. Yep. You've been like church mice. The last six games. Totally agree. All three of them. Yeah. All right. 
And Johnny, shoot the puck, buddy. Seriously, shoot the puck. Enough lugging it into the zone and carrying it around and looking for the perfect pass and trying to outskate. Just shoot the puck. This whole team is shoot the puck. Unbelievable. They still consistently look for the prettiest play possible. That's coaching. Uh, but I remain very optimistic. All right, let's end, let's end the show because we lost PJ. Right. He done, he done got the dizzies. Our buddy Jay Linder did have a question for him, though. Uh, Uma Oguma. He hold that thought for next Uma or Gumma. I think that's a Pink Floyd question, I believe. It must be. Yeah. Because I don't understand. Hold that question for next week, Jay Linder. Um, so there it is. That's the uh, that's our program. Let's end it. We Boy, that was a solid sports talk there. A lot of sports. <laughs> Dr. E. Ray Stat would love that show. Didn't start. That way, but we 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 sort of did the fun load at the top without really doing the fun load at the top. Have we ever talked about the phrase if a team like the Islanders need to get back, they need to get on track, or they need to get untracked? Yeah, we I think we have. Have we had this discussion? But like three years ago. Yeah, like like I I always think it's they need to get on on track. Back on track. They need to get on track, yeah. And most people think they need to get untracked. I, wow. I don't how. Why would you... I, I, I can't quite figure out what that means. Now, I've used untracked. Don't get me wrong. I've never. So, I, I just... Uh, I looked this up. Okay. Definition of untracked. Oh, they're using it right, Cal. They're using it right, right? To cause to escape a slump. Get untracked. Couldn't get untracked and played poorly throughout the game. Boy, they're they're using it right. Hmm. I so mean, right you, now you, the Islanders are tracked. That's correct. Is that the Jets are tracked? I think by track they mean management is tracked. That management is tracked. The New York Knickerbockers. Oof! They lost again tonight to the Spurs, who sat. Everyone. 4-20, and 20, New York the, Knicks. Cal, they lost to the Spurs' second stringers. They're tracked. He did that He did that thing that he does where he rests. You know, like yeah. He, he sits, Duncan, like, and... Yeah, like you're not even worth my best player. Not even worth it. I'm just going to sit. And then they won. And they won. He sat Duncan, Parker, Ginobili... <laughs> He sat their whole starting five. And and their second team beat the Knicks. Wow. Four and twenty. Booby Jones was the point guard. Booby Jones was the point guard. Booby Miles was the point guard as well. Booby Miles. That's it. Booby Miles from Perryman. Uh that is all the time we have on Radio and Load for Gallons and Beat. Play the music, dummy. Unload. So the only beacon of hope I have in my sports life uh, at this time are the St. John's 
Red Storm with a surprising number 24 rank in the AP preseason poll. That's kind of cool. They're not usually ranked St. John's, but they, they, they might have a good team this year. Full of seniors, Steve Lavin's got them playing well. They beat Syracuse at the Dome last weekend. Hey, you never know. And my final unload is uh, a big thank you. I have to thank a few people. Uh, as five years we have been doing this, the first one is my wife, Teresa. Really for we're doing this? Allowing me. I am. St. John's. I, had, I went with St. John's, <laughs> and now you're doing this. Fine. No, go ahead. I want to thank the wives, yours and mine, for letting mm-hmm. us do this for five years. Mm-hmm. And also, hey, Sandy Alderson, <laughs> make a move. Seriously, seriously, make a move. I have defended you. I have stuck up for you. I am tired of it. Do something. God. It's your move, Jason Bateman. The dregs of humanity. Good night, everybody. Happy five years, Cal. Five years. Five years. Should be like Jeremy Piven at Gross Point Blank. (laughs) Five years, man. Five years. Hey, I'll see you at the uh, Rusty Stop. Yeah, we'll see. Make it that far. It's my show. <laughs> I hope you don't mind. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.